Clean Energy Leadership Institute, otherwise known as CLI, grew its programming by a whopping 40% over the past two years. Clean Energy Fellowship and internship programs like these are critical to enable the industry to scale by educating and training new talent and connecting them with leaders in the industry. In this Greenlight episode, I will speak with Esther Morales, Executive Director of CLI, about the recent growth and shifts in their programming. We will talk about the ways in which the organization is enhancing its focus on diversity, equity, inclusion, and energy justice, including through its EDIC Fellowship, a joint program offered by CLI, Elemental Accelerator, and FutureMap. Thanks for tuning into the Greenlight. Now let's dive in. founder and CEO of Dylan Green. And today I have with me Esther Morales. Thanks for joining me, Esther. Catherine, it's so wonderful to be here. I I love your Greenlight podcast and I listen to it a lot. It's one of my favorite podcasts. Oh, thank you so much. And you're based in California? I am. I'm calling in from Oakland. Oh, are you getting all that rain? We did. We got a ton of rain yesterday around, maybe it started around five and it's been okay. Honestly, it's okay. not going on. I was expecting much worse. So yeah, the media made it look like there wasn't going to be an island any longer. <laughs> right. And I think Southern California got hit way harder. And yeah. I was afraid we would lose power. We didn't. So overall, yeah. I feel like we're in a good place. Good. Well, for those of you who don't know, you're the executive director of CLI, which is the Clean Energy Leadership Institute. It's an organization that I'm a massive fan of. I learned about from Adam James over at EIP a few years ago. So I really want you to tell us all about CLI and all about your role there. Okay. So first, I want to tell you the story of CLI. And more than anything, I think CLI is in its 10th year of operations. Oh, my goodness. So the landscape is changed a lot. And okay. imagine... 2013, Adam James and Jackie Wheaton got together and they were really upset about how in the first four years of the Obama administration, the the Waxman-Markey bill had failed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a lot of folks were upset and, and wondering, I think young people in the clean energy ecosystem at the time were wondering, what can we do? How do we move our agenda forward around right. clean energy? when we don't have a lot of policy supports in place. And CLI was born then, it held the same name. In April of 2013, Adam and Jackie and about six of their other friends, about eight people, met for the first time at Boeing, I think in the DMV area in the office mm -hmm. there. And they mm -hmm. invited a speaker to speak to them about what that speaker thought should happen, or what that speaker's expertise was in the mm -hmm. clean energy world. And one of them would, ask another speaker to speak the next week, and it evolved. In that year, they actually incorporated as a nonprofit, and Adam mm -hmm. and Jackie tapped a few of the most sort of vigorous and energetic folks who had gone through that first set of speaker engagements to create the next set. And this whole rotation of the fellowship was born. And as, so CLI was started in the Washington, D.C. area, for the first four years, it only came together in Washington, D.C. And in 2017, Jackie Weidman became the executive director and jump-started a program out here in San Francisco. 
So for four years, Sealight only ever existed in one place. 2017, we moved to two locations. And then when Liz Dalton Ramsey came on board in 2018, she began to make some really important changes that are still true today. And she ultimately ended up starting Sealight's third location in Chicago. When I came on board, the staff had already had plans to start up our fourth city-based location in New York City. I would say CLI, what is incredible about this moment, if we look from 2010 till now, is that we have now, in the last two years, the greatest policy pieces have ever been passed around mm -hmm. energy at the federal level. And we're seeing more and more at the state level as well. Mm -hmm. And so we now have the infrastructure bill that was passed. We have the Chips and Science mm -hmm. Act. We have the Inflation Reduction Act or the IRA. And mm -hmm. CLI, I think, is closing out its first 10 years and really looking towards the next 10 years to try mm -hmm. and understand, given now that we have all of these policy supports, what is CELI's role in the broader ecosystem? And I think that mm -hmm. we are beginning to put that news story together. I think originally it was, well, we don't have a lot of supports. How can we really support leadership in this area? And now we have way more supports and I think that we have a moment where we are truly able to actually realize a dream of accelerating our transition. And in that, CLI's purpose is focused on the people's side. So if our mission is to accelerate the clean energy transition to a resilient, decarbonized, and equitable energy economy, I think our within that, the way that we do that, our method is to really focus on the people side of it and to equip. Mm -hmm the leadership within that to begin to understand more deeply the system side and then on the leadership development side, begin to get more in touch with their purpose. I noticed that you had worked on the Obama campaign and mm -hmm. the EPA and the White House and the GOE. Tell me, how did you eventually transition into sea life? So I see myself as somebody who consistently wants to change systems. And I think actually it mm -hmm. resonates with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So I got my start in organizing. Uh, I soon began to run campaigns and I ended up working for the Obama administration and partly at the Department of Energy, EPA, and at the White House. And at every point in time, I would say my purpose was really to try and understand how do we change these systems to bring about the outcomes that we want to see. Mm -hmm. And part of why I'm here at CELI is because leaders have always been developing leaders, bringing people together to do more than you can do as a single person right. is something that's always been part of my past. When I actually first learned about CELI, I was working at the governor's office here in California mm -hmm. at the, the Office of Business and Economic Development, GoBiz for the Office of Small Business Entrepreneurship in 2020. CLI, I applied as a fellow and I was accepted as a fellow and I was incredibly excited to get started as a fellow in our fellowship program. And I believe 
the stay-at-home order came down March 16th of 2020, and our fellowship started March 20th. And I basically started working 16-hour days, and I wasn't able to actually take the fellowship. But about a year later, the position opened up, and I felt that it had been so deeply important to me moving to a new job, moving back to California from New York, where I was living, to actually engage with a network of individuals who were as curious to learn in California as I was, and to actually be knitted together sort of in this greater purpose of bringing Mm -hmm. an energy economy that I felt very compelled to take on this role. And I think, Catherine, that for me, it's been an interesting I think crash course over the last two years, I've been Mm -hmm. on board now for about two years. And when I came on board, CELI was facing its greatest expansion Mm -hmm. in, in, you know, the eight year period up until that point, we had only ever done three fellowships. COVID was deeply impacting us. We had always gathered in person in our city based. Mm -hmm. We had tried this switch to virtual during 2020, like everybody else. And I was given this huge task of expanding to New York, plus a a national virtual cohort, plus keeping Chicago Bay Area, Washington, D.C. running and launching EDICT, which is our Empowering Diverse Climate Talent Program. Mm -hmm. And we grew in 2021 from serving 100 fellows to serving 170. And then this past year, we grew from serving 170 fellows to serving 227. And so if you look sort of at the 10-year history of CELI, we have grown really 40% of the high-touch programming that we've delivered in the last 10 years has been done in the last two years, which I think is a huge accomplishment. And it, it really speaks to the importance of clean energy education, the importance of people developing a community of practice, and more than anything, the fact that the economy now is at a place where our institutions are not actually meeting the needs of the clean energy workforce. Yep. We've come a long way and I've come into CELI at a very interesting point in time. And as a grassroots organizer, really focusing on racial justice from the very beginning of my career and helping, you know, being part of that huge team that elected the first black president. I feel like it's always been a value of mine to look at diverse impacts, the way that we are actually opening up access, the way that we are creating more equitable pathways into a clean energy workforce and into leadership development pathways. as well. This is why I really wanted to get you on the program because so many people ask me, they're like, where do you get your candidates from? Like, how do you source candidates? They're so hard to find. Um, and I always felt like somebody that had gone through that Sea Life Fellowship Program, we're going to talk about that next, is really, in my mind, like a stamp, like a gold star. Like, I know that that's a good candidate because they've gone through that program because you've obviously vetted them to go in that program in the first place. And then they've gone through that program. And I think also, as you know, I'm very passionate about net diversity. So getting these, you know, getting uh, diverse candidates into the clean energy industry. And I have a lot of clients who are like, oh, you know, we, do, we want to do that. But we don't have time to train them. So this is like the number one thing I hear. The fact that you're doing this fellowship, you're sort of taking on a little bit of that responsibility and get these future leaders up and running for these companies. So please talk a little bit about the fellowship program and what it entails so people are aware. Okay. Yeah. So I think that we are making changes often to respond to the data that we receive in the in the previous years. So 
I think that the last three years, so much of our work has been virtual, which yep. in part has allowed greater access from folks from parts of the country that wouldn't otherwise have tapped into sea life programming. So folks from Houston or from Colorado or from you know the Southwest or from Southern California. And so I think that part of access and equity has to do with connection to communities, And I think that one of our primary purposes is to continue to sustain that access and actually expand it. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to see in the coming 18 months, Catherine, is a little bit different than what we've been doing over the last two years. So I think that broadly, CLI ran two fellowships a year up through 2018, and then we moved to a one fellowship per year model. Mm -hmm. And that was, we implement that 2019, 2020, 2021, and 2022. And we are now going to open up our doors on January 17th for applications to roll in. And we are kicking off this year's first fellowship in September. And then from there on, we really hope to do a two fellowship per season, if you will, two fellowship cycle per year. Because I think that in our one of the purposes around expanding access to clean energy. Education involves both keeping the current programming in our current cities, but ideally being able to expand much more. And so this year we're looking at doing our city-based cohorts in the fall. And then in January, February of 2024 through June of 2024, really focusing on our virtual cohorts to try to hit country that we have an access. And it will actually increase the number of fellows that we can serve per year. So moving from 227 to about 400 per year. And then in terms of our actual curriculum, we take fellows through a a five-module set of sessions. And each session has about, each module, I'm sorry, has about three sessions in it. So we, we start off with energy markets and energy finance. We move into new technologies. We look at deep decarbonization. We look at policy. And then we move into what we call social adaptation. And Mm -hmm. energy justice is a new framework that we've worked really hard to incorporate into our curriculum and, and that we're still working on improving. And instead of having it as its own module, we are trying to work readings, speakers, and actual sessions really focused on the various aspects of energy justice, which I can go into a little bit more, but into each of these modules so that it Mm -hmm. is a module in and of itself, but it's really incorporated. I mean, I think we could do an entire fellowship just looking at the breakdown of what energy justice means in in all of these areas. We don't have that time. And so we're really right now focused on integrating it even more deeply. Okay. Amazing. What's the third module? So we have five modules that we bring into the the fellowship curriculum. And within that, we have three sessions per month. But the other part I didn't talk about, Catherine, was the leadership development curriculum. And this is something that Liz worked really hard to bring to CELI and that our board member, Eric Martin, who is, he's been on the board for a while and, and he runs Adaptive Change Advisors which is based on bringing a particular leadership development approach, an adaptive leadership development approach to the world, which is, it is something that I learned about when I first came to CELI, and I think it's mm-hmm. been incredibly useful. We run our leadership development sessions 
in on our Saturdays for the most part. And these sessions are intended to help our fellows really connect with their purpose more deeply. They're aimed at helping fellows try to understand how they are becoming change makers and leaders, how they navigate the uncertainties of tomorrow. Clean energy leadership, I think, more than a lot of other sectors, is really facing this rapidly evolving world. And I think that in order to understand, you know, how to move an idea forward or how to actually transform a system that's blocking what you're trying to do, it's really important to be able to step back and reflect on on an approach that will actually help you become a better leader in dealing both with your day-to-day and in thinking through like how to move move mountains really in the future. Interesting. You mentioned earlier about EDIC and I'm a big Devin Hampton fan. (laughs) So tell us more about EDIC and the internship and how it came about and how it differs from the Sea Life Fellowship Program. Yes. So Devin Hampton sits on Sea Life's board and Devin was the co-founder of EDICT. And in the wake of the George Floyd protests in 2020, Mm -hmm. Devin took to LinkedIn and really talked about his experience as being Mm -hmm. a Black man, a Black CEO in the clean energy economy. And he put a challenge out to the world. And Jason Leap, one of the co-founders of EDICT, stood up in that moment and said, Devin, how can I help you? And Devin said, what we really need is a program that will actually focus on diverse talent, give people hands-on experience, and bring folks into clean tech. So he got together with Sarah Chandler at Montel Accelerator, mm-hmm. and Liz and Becca at CLI. And this happened sort of before I came on board in 2020. And when I came on board, the board had approved as a program that we were running. And I got to work with Elemental Accelerator and another organization, Future Map, run by Sruti, who we all worked together. I would be remiss not to mention Rosina Kanchwala, who currently um, works with CLI as the edict director. And Rosina has, has been formative in designing the curriculum. And what edict is, is a business workforce partnership. So Elemental, FutureMap, and CLI all play different roles in this partnership. CLI's main role is to develop a a mini CLI fellowship curriculum, if you will. So a clean energy education curriculum that supports and bolsters interns over a 10-week period. And the interns go through an application and selection process. They're interviewed by employers that agree to work with Elemental Accelerator around a community of practice looking at equity and access in their companies. Mm-hmm. And they hire interns into clean energy jobs over a 10-week period. And the interns, for the most part, are sophomores, juniors, or, or recent graduates in college. And they may even be a year or two years out of college. But the mm-hmm. idea is to actually support talent that is interested in pursuing a career in clean energy, but doesn't actually know what that means. And part of what CLI's unique value that we bring to the partnership is that we, we of course, are connected to almost a thousand fellows at this point who are practitioners in the clean energy ecosystem. Yeah, They're able to, to be worked into our 10-week curriculum as speakers, 
as um, coaches, if you will, for lack of a better word, as people that the interns can actually develop a connection with, interview, talk to them about their real world experience and moving and navigating a career through clean energy. This is really interesting to me because I didn't realize this was the level that you all were doing this at. Because when I think of Sila, I think one of the reasons why it hits so close to home with me is because I got into clean energy when I was 30 as like a second chapter, I always say. And I think when I see Sila folks, it seems like they have had some years of experience, some career before they then go into the program. So it's nice with this edict internship. It looks like you're now also working with some more junior folks. So that's great. Yeah, folks who may have actually, they may be mission driven and interested in clean energy, but they have zero experience. Like they may right. have programming skills or comm skills. Right. So you mean they didn't know exactly what they wanted to do when they were in high school? Right. Wow, right. so bizarre. <laughs> or, <laughs> right. 95% and think, of us. <laughs> right. and, and, yeah, and I think it, people don't even, the, the energy ecosystem is so complex. Yeah. It's very difficult if you're not in it to actually understand what are all the opportunities available. Yeah, 100%. So this is really meant to, to make the energy ecosystem less opaque. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think as time goes on, it's getting more and more complex, which is, which is fantastic. Like there's so many positives to that, but you're right. Like I have so many candidates who are just like, I don't know where in this, like ecosystem I'm trying to you know get myself into I just know I want to like be involved in a mission driven so this is really awesome that you guys are addressing that so from conferences workshops and webinars to the fellowships to book clubs CLA has a lot going on what are you most looking forward to in 2023 I am really looking forward to community building I think that over the last year um so I would say the impact of COVID is has been inescapable. I I worry that because we did a lot of our programming online that we weren't able to build the deepest relationships. The reason that CLI is actually known, it, its reputation is really built on the folks that built really deep relationships mm-hmm, early mm-hmm. on. And, and I worry that we weren't adequately creating the opportunities to bring people together in person. And I think we're finally out of that insanity of the last um, three years. And I feel very focused on bringing our community together again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I think that, I think in the early days, speakers would come out once a week and everybody would get together once a week. And I'm not sure there's appetite for that, but I certainly want to make sure that whether we are running our in-person city-based cohorts or whether we are running our virtual cohorts that we're really focusing on more hikes, more walks around Lake Merritt, more um, picnics. I, I I think that we're trying to bring in, you know, I would say I'm trying to bring in more, more food and not necessarily <laughs> making everything, all our community building happening at, at, at really noisy bars where you can't hear each other. But I have a dream that at some point we can do something like big camping trips or big hikes together that we can do something like a climate ride, those kinds of things. Yeah. So I hope that we can build that this year. I think that's. But, the I, but I really, really, really like your approach this year of like the 50, 50, like build rebuilding that sort of in person in those four four cities, but also giving people the ability that wouldn't aren't in those four cities, an opportunity to get involved in this. You're yeah. kind of great. Yeah. Great idea. And, Who came up with yeah. that idea? 
Did you come up with oh, that idea? No, I mean, it's there, right? It's like, I can't take credit for anything. There, the, you know, especially in the Bay Area, we're so lucky because a hike is a second away, right? And yeah, one could come and it's free and it doesn't cost money. And um, yeah. so in that way, we want, yeah, we really want to, we want to bring back what I think the in-person part that made CLI just so valuable. That's for folks looking to have nerdy conversations about energy with mm-hmm. other folks. Yeah. Um, great and nice and kind and yeah. fun. The networking piece yeah. is so, so, so important, especially if you're taking people into these programs that aren't from the space. Like yeah. half of the battle is just knowing the right people to speak to, right? So it's like just having that network. So invaluable. So how can people get involved with CLI either as like an employer or fellow or otherwise? So employers can look at their staff and try and understand who would really benefit from going to our CLI program and then support any of their employees to get involved. If they're a company that has already done that, that has fully taken advantage of CLI's fellowship program, we would love to do a partnership with any company that is looking to support leadership development and clean energy through our corporate sponsorship program, corporate partners program. And then obviously we are super excited. We're expanding our city-based cohorts from approximately 38 to 50 this year. So we're adding more spots. So we will have, if you're looking to apply as a fellow, I think that we have more spots available this year in each of our city-based cohorts mm-hmm. than ever before. And then we are running our virtual programming in January through June of 2024. So I don't want to forget about that. Thank you so much, Esther, for your time and for um, sharing all the great work that you guys are doing over at CLI. Uh, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much for having me <laughs> on the green light. And, and we'll talk soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Green Light Podcast. Are you looking for your next role in climate tech? Join the latest growing network of clean tech professionals and be the first to know about what industry-leading clean tech companies first post new job openings from development to finance to marketing by checking out our website, dylan-green.com slash latest hyphen jobs. Dylan Green is transforming business through talent. You can also find us on YouTube where we engage with today's top clean energy leaders.